From COK Studios in Kelly McEver's kitchen, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. On today's show, we'll consider the end of the political road for many of the Tea Party Republicans who came into office in 2010. We'll also consider how an episode of Consider Our Knowledge is made with a special behind-the-scenes report. And we'll consider the best present to buy podcast hosts in recognition of their 150th show. Ooh, I'd like a tote bag. Yeah. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from Strap and Barrel, the top retail store for bankrupt men, offering a variety of stylish barrels with straps and other essentials to show the world that you're completely broke. Shop online at strapandbarrel.com. And the Internal Revenue Service for giving us a sweet tax refund this year. It's about time. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. 87 Republicans rode the Tea Party wave to a pivotal GOP takeover of the House in 2010. But after this current Congress is over, more than one-third of that class will be gone from the U.S. House of Representatives. 21 members of the 2010 class have already left, although two of them now serve in the Senate, Senator Cory Gardner of Colorado and Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. All of them ran as outsiders in a year when voters were tired of political insiders. It's a strange turn for the men and women who vowed to change the way things are done in government because they are now leaving Washington in arguably worse shape than they found it. Senior reporter Marta Margolis has the story. Retirement is approaching for Representative Wob Wibble of Virginia. I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, I don't know what I was thinking when I ran for Congress in 2010. Wibble woed into Washington as a member of the Tea Party movement in 2010, using outrage as the key component of his Republican platform. Now he says he's relieved to be returning home. Oh man, I had no idea what I was getting into. All of us from the Tea Party thought we were so smart. We could do a lot better than the moderate incumbents we beat out. Oh, we were so wrong. Wibble says that he and his fellow Tea Partiers were grossly unprepared to fulfill even the most basic requirements of their jobs. I was a used car salesman before I ran for office. The only reason I ran at all was because this rich guy who hated the incumbent congressman heard me yelling about how much I hated the government at work one day. He said my anger would look great in a commercial, so I just did it as a lark. I had no clue I would win. I realized about five minutes after I was sworn in that being pissed off isn't really a platform. You need to have ideas. And I didn't have any. Like, none. Zero. The wed-faced wedowick that was Wibble's bread and butter was similar to what many other Tea Party candidates used to get elected. I was just way better at being angry than my opponent. Harriet Horning represents Wisconsin's 3rd District and says that she too was not ready for her job in Congress when she won in 2010. I honestly can't think of anyone from the Tea Party that knew what the hell they were doing. I mean, being angry all the time worked for a while, and then obstructing stuff worked after that, but it was just all smoke and mirrors because we were totally out of our depth. I still don't really get how a bill becomes a law? It's probably because I never got one passed. I did kill a bunch of bills, though. How do you think you got re-elected twice? 
I honest to God have no idea, Ms. Margolis. I'm glad I'm done. Washington is really messed up and complicated. I'm sure it's way more messed up now because of the Tea Party. I got so swept up in the anger and saying, go back to the Constitution, <laughs> that I never really bothered to read the Constitution. I mean, I have read it, but it was like a week ago. No, I'll be much better off back in my flower store in Sheboygan. Wibble says he's sorry for what he and the Tea Party brought to politics. We basically caused the crap that's going on now. <laughs> sorry, America. I should have just kept selling pre-owned Kias. My bad. The quap of Wetiowing representatives will have to wrestle with the fact that their legacy is a mixed bag that helped to create the acrimony that has taken hold in the nation's capital. From Washington, I'm Mata Margolis. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Now we turn to COK's 150th episode. The best-looking news team in public radio has reached yet another important milestone. But unlike our award for stickiest mixing board or the time Diane Ream retweeted us, this one really means something. And we couldn't have gotten to 150 shows if it wasn't for our loyal listeners. You're right, Dinah. So we thought it might be fun to take you behind the scenes, so you can hear what it's like as we prepare an episode of Consider Our Knowledge. Enjoy this rare experience as Connor and I show you how our show is made each week. Our show comes out every Wednesday, so once we celebrate the latest episode going live with a very boozy brunch, we get back to the office and start brainstorming for the next show. Here's a recording of the first meeting of the week. Yeah, okay. What were you saying, Cordell? I was just saying how much I love you guys. Seriously, you're the best group of people I've ever worked with. I mean it. Oh, that's so nice. He's white. I love you all too. I oh, I think I'm having an allergic reaction to the cantaloupe from uh, from brunch. You guys are my best friends. Oh, shut up, Cordell. Uh, be nice, Trevin. Whatever, Dinah. You're such a mean drunk, Trevin. <laughs> I know. I, oh. I, really, I don't feel very well. Well, maybe we, maybe we should get some coffee for the team. Uh, More mimosas! Let's know. do shots! <laughs> we typically don't get much done at those Wednesday meetings, so we reconvene on Thursday morning after everyone's had a chance to sleep it off. The hangover really helps us focus on what we need to do for the next show. Agreed. There's a big whiteboard in our conference room where we track all of our stories. Right now, we're working on pieces about Donald Trump's problems courting women voters, how Bernie Sanders maintains his amazing physique, and what makes Hillary Clinton so unlikable. We're doing a lot of stuff on the campaign, if you couldn't tell. It's exhausting. Once people have their assignments, we start to research and record. Our intern Ryan does a lot of the research for our interviews. When he isn't getting our coffee orders wrong and whining about getting reimbursed for gas. Well, you get what you pay for with interns. If we need to travel for a story, we usually fly out on Friday night so we can record on Saturday and have the story completely done by Tuesday. 
Sometimes we'll even do live reports from campaign stops, sporting events, or even dangerous locales like Syria, Gaza, or St. Louis. But I don't want to go to St. Louis! I'm sorry, Cordell. Dinah, Miss Perfect co-host, never has to go into the dangerous places. She just gets to stay here and interview Henry Kissinger! We have Sundays off, but we're back at it on Monday. Monday is when we bring in guests and regular contributors like Fritz Hicks, Lynn Ruffle, or the guys from Sports Yell. Let's hear a bit from the studio when Rick and Cecil were here a few weeks ago. Are we almost ready to record? Almost. Is your coffee okay? I asked for no foam, but it's fine. What the hell is this? I asked for a cinnamon dolce skinny frappuccino, and this is definitely not skinny. I'm sorry, our intern must have screwed up again. Obviously. Ryan! Tuesday is an important day because it's when we record our intros for segments and edit the show together. We all typically edit our own stuff. You know Trevin's hard at work when you hear Cher blasting from his office. You do not want to interrupt him. It's ugly. Sometimes we're here really late with our producer, Kurt. Kurt really helps us polish up any pieces that need a few more edits. <laughs> Kurt's the best. We'd introduce you to him, but he doesn't exist. <laughs> that is so Kurt. So by Wednesday morning, we have a show, and our reward is always the same. A huge, boozy brunch that ends in vomit and hurt feelings. No, I meant that we get to do it all over again. Oh yeah, that too. We hope you've enjoyed this look at how we make COK happen every week. That's all for this very special 150th episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you'd like more from the best-looking news team in public radio, you can always visit our website, considerourknowledge.com, for more news and stories. You can get breaking news from our team on Twitter, at ConsiderOurKnow, and don't forget to like us on Facebook. You can download the podcast at iTunes and at Stitcher Radio at Stitcher.com. If you'd like to donate to Consider Our Knowledge, click the Support COK button on our homepage, which will take you to Patreon, where you can make a $5 secure monthly donation to help out NPR's finest parody. The COK team includes Emily Clausen, Jeremiah Knight, Natalie Thorpe, Hobart Willis, Marianne Wetzel, Spencer Cannon, and Libby Mitchell. A very special thank you to everyone who's participated in our show over these last 150 episodes. We couldn't have done it without you. A very special thank you to our intern, Ryan Shattuck. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. It's a strange...